0: Hey, greetings, Internet, and welcome to the Bearded Bible Thinker podcast. I'm your host, Rob Grunden. Let's get to it. So it is day two of the Democratic National Convention, last night was anyway. And um, so I ran across an article this morning from CNN Politics, uh, and it it just is... um, uh, hits and misses from night two of the Democratic National Convention and why I thought I would jump and take a look at this real quick is because um, it's CNN which is obviously and decidedly left of center uh, and unashamedly really they're they're very left swinging and um, and they are, Saying that there were misses in the DNC last night, so I just thought I'd take a look at it and see what um, what they had to say. <clears throat> um, so some of the hits they're talking really about. Um, okay, the McCain video. So I so um, I didn't spend time watching it um, because I have a life and other things to do, um, but. The the McCain video, and okay. So disclaimer: I'm I'm not gonna watch the Republican one either. I'm I'm gonna look at recaps afterward and and actual quotes maybe or uh, news afterward. So um, it's not me being judgy and side picky. All right. Uh, but so the McCain video talks about and that um, I heard about this. This seems to be. A good thing for them, I guess. It's another uh, Republican, um, essentially uh, dead guy, nonetheless. But Republican um, who um, his is it? His daughter that kind of let's see, narrated by Cindy McCain. Um, Okay, but it just kind of talked about the friendship that uh, John McCain and Joe Biden have had over the years, and um, so they're they're very much trying to um give off this idea that uh that Joe is not really on the left he's in the middle or he's on the left but willing to actually work with the uh right or that that kind of thing like he's an easygoing guy who is um who who is left of center some but he's he's uh moderate in the sense that he they're trying to win over votes that are undecided or in the middle of the ground, or even uh, Republicans. They've had uh, Republicans um, or people who are saying they're Republicans uh, at both nights now of the Democratic National Committee, and I'm just including uh, the McCain thing um, as one of those. I don't know of other ones, I guess, but um, let's see here. Uh, a couple of other things. (laughs) There isn't much about virtual convention that John Legend, John Legend sang. Nice. Dude is just plain talented. Also, how many people can pull off the white suit with a black turtleneck? Not I. True, but I don't care. Okay, misses. This is really the thing I wanted to look at. Um. Just because this is CNN, they um, if if they didn't have their press passes, they would have all gone to this convention just as Democrats. Um, so uh, so this is um, uh, cool, I guess that they throw some misses in here, some things that they didn't think went well. I think that's significant. So, um, one thing is uh, the first. The first thing is Bill Clinton uh, says the former president has spoken at every Democratic convention since 1980. That's a long time ago. That's 40 years. Holy smokes. And he's a former Democratic president of the United States. So it's not easy to tell him no. But for a party that has fully embraced the hashtag MeToo movement and is leaning on women to beat Donald Trump, the image of Clinton was a jarring one. Um, Which makes sense. He um, had an affair and took advantage of women. And to be fair, that's a two-way street. Um, But, uh, yeah, so that's actually kind of right um uh, the second thing is chuck schumer um i can't believe they had him on there okay so it says uh, i could just imagine the ever media aware senate majority leader uh setting up the shot statue of liberty in the background oh that must be good I'll, i'll have to watch that one a little bit um Statue of Liberty in the background for his speech. So one of the things that, that they've been talking about, um, and I'm not going to come on here and dive toward one side or the other, um, but when it comes to um, immigrants, uh, illegal immigrants, which is the big thing, um, really, no one, uh, no one on either side of the aisle that I know of is fighting against people coming over here through the process legally and I don't I don't even know if there would be lots of arguing um, there would be arguing in the, how to carry it out and um, the particulars but how do we make that process a little simpler um, uh, 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 that could be a real thing and it wouldn't be um, the end of the world right uh, but uh, but the argument always falls on illegal immigrants, people who just come over here illegally. And there's job loss uh, because of that. They're, and uh, and the, the big danger and the big thing that, um, that you'll hear from the Republican side of things is that uh, that includes terrible people. Um, that includes people who are um, criminals, coming over here some of them maybe just fleeing from their own government some of them coming over here to drug mule and things like that so it is a problem um but i think it's he did this on purpose chuck schumer with the statue of liberty in the background i haven't seen the speech but i'm sure that there's a sense of it and i wouldn't be surprised if there was something said about the the whole give give us your you know you're tired you're whatever um that's written on the Statue of Liberty um uh, which is kind of this uh, this idea that we you know we we want we're a melting pot we want uh to we want to help people right give us the people who are in need and we'll we'll take care of it there's an American dream going on here right so they'll try to exploit that a little bit and um talk about how the right side of that aisle um, is not interested in helping the the immigrants um, the illegal immigrants and uh, both both sides have a point I, I, I make the point and I might have even done it on here before but I, I make the point um, a lot that um, that I lean, more toward the Republican side of the aisle, simply because I, I it seems to me that, that the biblical values that I hold um, point me in that direction more than to the left, okay? Um, there are things, though, that the right are terrible at and that the left do better. Uh, it does exist, folks, right? Uh, and one of those things is the... I, I meet a lot of people on the right I don't I don't want to um, paint the whole movement on either side right as as this person but I I mean I've met a lot of people on the right who um, if you're homeless well get a job you know um, if if you're if you're down on your luck and just nothing's working and um, they just meet you and you, you've lost your home and This just life isn't working for you right now, or maybe you have a mental illness of some sort, or um, uh, there are lots of mental mentally ill or veterans who are homeless in this country, and that's uh, two of the highest uh, percentages of of homelessness uh, are those two categories. And um, if that's you, right, and, and you're just homeless and you're down and out and you don't even know where to start anymore. And you've stopped trying or thinking that there's a way out. And, you know, the last thing you need is somebody coming up and going, well, here's here's 50 cents. Go, go buy yourself an application and get a job, right? Uh, um, so I think sometimes the re- Republicans take this kind of if you don't work, you don't eat thing a little bit too far and just assume that people in need are only in need because they're lazy, right? While the left probably pushes the envelope too far the other direction and um, doesn't take into account that there are some people who are simply taking advantage of the system. Um, But that there are things that that we do badly. Okay, so um, no matter which side you're on or uh, if you're in the middle somewhere, I don't actually identify. There's a word that means a lot now. I don't actually identify as Republican or Democrat and, and I don't care to, I don't want to because they're all crazy. They're all crazy. Um, there, there are nut cases on both sides of that. And I would rather simply identify as a Christian who votes according to Christian values and principles and the policies that get put in place. That's, that's what I'm interested in. But, um, this, this, uh, Statue of Liberty in the background Things, uh, thing is, um, it says, I could just imagine the ever media aware Senate majority leader setting up the shot. Statue of Liberty in the background. Exclamation point for his speech. Except that the statue was so blurry that you could barely recognize it. I love that the planned symbolism of the shot was ruined by the need for a wide aperture to light it. A video journalist. Okay. Okay, so the whole thing that didn't work for this CNN editor was the shot of the Statue of Liberty in the background, and it was blurry. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Who cares about that? But Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. All right. I'm not going to go down this rabbit trail um, a lot. Actually, the one thing that I will say about um, AOC is because uh, I'm not going to say that name all the time. Uh, one thing that I'll say about the AOC thing that is good and that is a takeaway for um, the people who are so adamantly uh, hateful toward her um, is that she's a, she is a good example of someone who is just a normal. A uh, human being with a regular old job, she was a bartender, and she got involved because of what she believed. Now, I think there are lots and lots and lot like the vast majority of human beings will get on Facebook, they'll get on YouTube like this, they'll get on uh, other social, Twitter is the worst. They'll, they'll get on these places and they'll complain their hearts out. They'll complain and talk about how America's falling, America's doing, but nobody wants to do anything about it. complain right like uh, nobody wants to to help or right how many of the people do you think that are on facebook or youtube or twitter or instagram whatever pick one right how many how many folks do you think are on these social media platforms and are uh complaint central on either side complaint central and how many of them do you think have written their senator or their uh, house representative how how many of them do you think have written the White House how many of them do you think have even written their state government I, I mean I don't know the number to that but I think it's a pretty safe assumption that it's moot it's probably next to nothing so we just like to complain about stuff right and but but this is a, a gal who now look I think she's out of her mind in a lot of ways. I, I don't think the things that she brings forward are, um, viable or feasible. Um, and, uh, a lot of the assumptions that she makes are wrong. Um, but this is a person who just ha- had, had a regular old day job, uh, college education and, um, uh, ran for office because she wanted to see changes, Right. And I think that example is something that more people, um, you know, like here's a for instance, OK, the, the whole the whole thing right now in um, the news, there's a, a huge issue right now with the news that uh, the, this racism, the tension with racism, the um, this kind of narrative that gets spun um, of kind of the old white guy. Right, And I want to be careful how I talk about this. This is just me saying things, not, not my beliefs or opinions necessarily, okay? So just hear me out. Uh, I, I, there's, there's a huge uh, thing in the news uh, um, uh, regularly uh, that is kind of... Um, this new culture of just old white dudes are terrible, right? Um, and yet the people that are leading this movement and that all of the people in this movement are behind it's an old white dude (laughs) right like the the hypocrisy on on uh, with the whole thing is just crazy to me i don't i don't understand not that um i guess not not that it either way right um Joe Biden is, it seems to me that he's struggling a lot more than he used to with speech and things like that, uh, with being up in front and having people depend on him to say the right things. Um, But, but it just, you know, that, that by itself, right? Like the, this idea that, that men are bad, white is bad. Um, and rich is bad. And the presidential candidate is all three of those things. Um, so, I, I, like, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make tons of sense to me right now with this. But here's here's the thing. If you um, want to uh, complain your little head off um, and, and never do anything about it, be my guest, right? It's America. But, but your opinion weighs very little in real life. Um, If you want to actually get involved, actually do something, um, and do something besides just vote for Joe or vote for uh, the president right now, Uh, whatever that looks like for you. Um, Something's going on that is frustrating you in the Senate, write your senator, right? Or shut up. (laughs) That's where I'm at. But she's a good example of that. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got involved as a regular old person. And now she's a senator. Um, But the headline here, though, is that she, uh, watching AOC deliver a 90-second nominating speech for Sanders in the first hour of the convention. (laughs) For Sanders, that's funny. They're like best friends, teammates, kind of. Um, uh, In the first hour of the convention. It's funny that CNN wrote this. That's hilarious. Uh, Watching AOC deliver a 90-second nominating speech for Sanders in the first hour of the convention was sort of like going to a Yankees game and seeing Aaron Judge pinch hit. It just felt sort of like a waste of talent. Uh, Okay. Um. Yeah, I also heard, I read an article, I forget where it was at, but I think it was the New York Post, which is decidedly on the other side of this aisle. They're very Republican in there. But to their credit, the the article that I read said opinion on it real big, which is what all of these actually are. Um, it's opinion. <laughs> it's an op-ed piece, right? Um, but, but they said that he, uh, or that she actually didn't even mention joe biden in her speech at all (laughs) i don't know if that's true i haven't watched it but uh, it's just just kind of funny uh but it felt like she could have been deployed in a much more effective way than she was yeah i don't know about that uh okay so john Kerry, meh i mean i understand the idea a former Democratic presidential nominee and secretary of state using his perceived gravitas to help make the case that Donald Trump is dangerous to America, uh, to America's standing in the world. But another elder statesman of the Democratic old guard in a suit talking about why Trump is bad in a decidedly senatorial tone, I could have done without it. That, That I've heard actually from both sides of this aisle. From, from Republicans and Democrats, from both sides of the news uh, cycle. I've heard a lot about, I mean, less from the left for obvious reasons, but, but it's there. I've heard a lot about um, the Democratic National Convention being, on, like the only theme is we hate Donald Trump. Donald Trump is bad. Donald Trump is really bad. But there's not really like, Um, positions uh, given or um, solid policies being talked about or um, really solid we're going to do this and this is how kinds of things talked about Um, the the only theme that's recurring in all of the speeches it tends to be uh, Trump is bad we need to win and that's it and like that you you need to have a better argument than that right I'm not even going to say you're wrong Okay, that's not what I'm here to do but but the argument has to be bigger than that because um, one every every one of the major major things that have been put in the news over his presidency already I mean okay I don't want to say everyone I don't know everyone but the big things that, that all of Americans have heard about the collusion thing and all that um, all these this stuff has been kind of proven not true Um and so you're you're gonna have to have more, I think, at least for me, uh, than uh, Trump is bad, because you've been saying that since before he actually took office, and there hasn't been ton. Morally, hear me. Morally, as a pastor, he's not a good dude. Okay, but neither is Joe Biden. Neither is Kamala Harris. Uh, it's, it's all equally humans, for sure. <laughs> but um, but you, there, there's got to be a bigger message there than the other guy's bad, vote me in, right? <laughs> like, which kind of seems to be the theme. Okay, so here's, here's my big moment of fairness for everyone. I'm going to... Um, play this video and analyze it. This is from Fox News, okay? Um, and uh, this is going to be, uh, hopefully, um, hopefully this is good. Uh, and we're going to just walk through this real quick and point out some things that are not news, but are opinion. Okay, Does that sound good? Let's do it.
1: Nancy Pelosi calling the House back to D.C. to address the, quote, postal service crisis while slamming President Trump.
2: But as our next guest points out, the USPS troubles began long before the president, such as facing a $78 billion in losses since 2007, dating all the way to 2019. So here to weigh in, we got Fox News contributor for...
3: What in Former the Former House Oversight Committee Chairman and author of a brand new book that comes out tomorrow. Doesn't hurt to ask, Trey Gowdy. Trey, good morning to you.
4: Hey, how are y'all?
0: Hey, okay, before we even get going on this, Trey Gowdy, look, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, his videos are awesome. <laughs> like, when he is on the the House, I think it was the House Judiciary Committee, either way, when he's when he's on this committee, it's like... All he does is roast people. Uh, like, he is very good at what he does. This book, I'm sure, is really good. He's very good at what he does. You should look up some Trey Gowdy videos, even, even if you're a Democrat. Or just look them up. Um, look them up for entertainment. Don't get triggered by it. But
3: Okay. Uh, you know, uh, let's ask you about the post office for years, as more and more people use email and things like that. Uh, the demand has been reduced. the president put in uh, a guy to try to streamline the post office. That's what he's been trying to do and now the Democrats are going wait
0: okay so very first the very first thing you hear here is that's what he's been trying to do that is not news that is his opinion okay I, and I this is not me agreeing or disagreeing with what these folks are saying. I just want to point out that Fox News is just as bad. At spinning this to a certain narrative and calling it news rather than opinion okay so that that's what he's been trying to do um like you're in donald trump's head and you know all of his motives
4: Uh,
3: he's trying to screw up our elections is that what's going on
4: yeah, you know, the post office um, has been troubled financially for a long time. We actually had a reform bill that, shockingly, Jason Chaffetz authored and shepherded through the committee. It just never got a floor vote. Post offices always had problems, yeah. whether it's a business model, um, whether it's pre-funding retirement. Uh, they just like to blame Trump for for an entity that was financially strapped a decade ago.
0: Okay, so it is a, a little more acceptable that Trey Gowdy gives opinions. And um, the reason I say that is because he's not the reporter here. He's not the one that, has, um, that would be uh, claiming that status as a, a news reporter, uh, part of the press. He's just a guy brought on here to give his opinion because of expertise and experience in uh, government. So... It's not the same thing. He's going to give a lot of opinion, and that's, that's okay. It is what it is.
1: So uh, I don't know if you – I'm sure you saw last Friday the Durham investigation and uh, the news that broke there. First guilty plea, and do you think the network's covered it? CNN, zero seconds. CNN Tonight. Rachel Maddow show zero seconds. NBC Nightly News, zero seconds. CBS Evening News, 22 seconds. And ABC World News Tonight, 26 seconds. Why didn't they cover it?
4: Yeah, Angeli, I'm going to save them some time. I'm going to write the headline for them. More FBI employees have been indicted than Trump family members. And the Russia probe, more FBI employees have been indicted than Trump family members. That's why they didn't cover it. You know I mean? Comey and the...
0: One of the things that you'll notice in these kind of um, uh, videos or interviews, things like that, these <clears throat> these are not... So if I was going to have a guest on here... Right. I would have some basic questions that we were as a kind of skeleton of what we would talk about. And I would send them those questions beforehand. OK, I would send them those questions beforehand. I don't know for a fact because it's not like I've ever been on Fox News for an interview. But but I'm assuming the same kind of thing happens here. Um, but the the idea is like these news reporters know the answers to these questions before. Uh, this is entertainment, not news, right? That they that you can tell if you just watch their body language and you you watch them uh, present things, uh, you can tell they already know the answers to these questions. They know what he's going to say. Um, there there was no part of her uh, pointing out uh, all of the other all of the left leaning uh, news. Uh, Outlets uh, there's there's no point in um, in that whole thing where she uh, didn't know what he would say. In fact, that's why they put that question there. In the same way that these other outlets chose to not air that as news because it would have been hurtful to their narrative to their side of the aisle, Fox chose to um, air that. Um, And even throw in the that the other stations aren't like us. They didn't report the news. Right. So uh, but they know all of this. This is not an actual interview. This is staged to some degree. And you can just tell
4: and the D.C. media belittled us for looking into FISA abuse. They belittled us, and lo and behold, Michael Horowitz finds two dozen instances of misconduct, and now we have an indictment and a, and a supposed guilty plea. So that's why they didn't cover it. It doesn't fit their narrative.
2: And Trey, just to outline what happened, uh, this FBI, uh, this the FBI worker decided...
0: Again, uh, like, Trey Gowdy is right. That's why they didn't air it. It doesn't fit their narrative. Um... But that's also why Fox News did air it. It does fit their narrative, right? So when when you watch any of these stations, we we have to understand where they're coming from and what angle they're trying to pitch things from because they are trying to persuade you. Which I think, uh, if I remember correctly, I watched this yesterday and and thought um, this would be a good thing to to work through. But I think if if we're if I'm not mistaken, here in a little bit you'll hear Trey Gowdy. Um, very blatantly uh, make that claim about even the news here, these people in particular, that they're trying to persuade, which is not the role of the media. You're just supposed to report facts and shut up.
2: (laughs) Gets an email from an inquiry Uh, They wanted to find out if Carter Page had anything to do with the CIA, because that would pretty much stop the inquiry or the Pfizer application for Carter Page. If you are helping the CIA, you probably shouldn't be the subject of uh, surveillance, correct? Well, the problem is the CIA answered, and they said, yeah, he is. So the other issue is this FBI guy changes that response, and that ends up going as part of a package to the Pfizer judge.
0: So here's just a for instance, like I think for me, if I'm just a person watching to get news, it would be more helpful for me. All the things that he's saying may be very true, but it would be more helpful for me to have a voice in the background saying these things with direct quotes up on the screen or something like that, so that you could hear from the from the people themselves what they said um why some and then explain uh, you know this is why this doesn't make sense or or whatever right like it would be more helpful for me to actually hear this from individuals rather than um i want to back up just a little so we can hear what he's talking about but but i just thought i would throw that out there i think that that's something that we get that gets lost a lot um
2: as part of a package to the Pfizer judge who said okay you could keep looking after him he said I still don't think I'm being this was being deceptive but uh I regret this (laughs) what's he talking about and do you sense as an investigator this he's talking about who told him to do that
0: okay um so one of the things that they will do is what he just did. He asked a question and then gave an opinion um, as a question after that. I don't know if you caught that. Let me back it up just a little. Um, but he asked he asked this question at the end, uh, and right before he's going to turn it over to Trey Gowdy again, he asks a following question um, to kind of direct... Uh, things rather than it being an actual question happened. What's he talking about? And do
2: you sense as an investigator this he's talking about who told him to do that?
4: I hope so. I mean, I, uh, Lindsey Graham is going to find it. I don't think anyone believes that Klein Smith came up with this on his own, but you know, Brian, you put your finger on it. You can't have it both ways. Is Carter page a Russian asset? Or was he a U.S. asset? And if you're a U.S. asset, don't you think you ought to tell the court that? Not only did they not tell the court, they intentionally misrepresented the truth to the court. That's one of two dozen instances Horowitz found of FBI misconduct. So if you like— investigating police misconduct. And God knows the Democrats have liked it for the last six months. If you want to talk about police misconduct, how about start with the FBI, yep. which is the one entity you actually have jurisdiction over. Sure. You know, Trey, here's why... Perhaps
0: One, I just want to point out, if you're watching this on YouTube, that's a great place for his face to stop. It's just, it looks awesome. It looks like he's at the beginning of, an, of a nice yawn. Just, just... <laughs> anyway um uh yeah so that uh, but he he just i don't even know these guys names that's how much i don't watch the news on purpose but he uh the guy all the way to the left on the screen if you're watching this on youtube you're getting a better situation here if you're just listening to it on spotify today there's a lot you're not uh catching on to so jump on over to youtube like subscribe all that stuff um but this guy on the left it just uh agreed with Gowdy's opinion before moving on. He, he just agreed with Trey Gowdy's opinion before he moved on. Now let's hear that again. That's not necessarily what he should be doing. Now this is all, all of the stuff that I say before anything else is is my opinion. Okay. And I'll be the first to say that. It's, it's my opinion um, just based on what I see and how I interpret things. But it seems to me that as a news person, um, that you as, as a reporter, as a press member, a member of the press, freedom of the press, all this stuff, as, as that being your job, that you shouldn't display any um, any. Uh, I agree, or or throw opinions out there. It should really only be question answer, question answer. You want to hear. Um, information. This is an information dump is what it should be, not an opinion dump, not a try to persuade you dump, but that's what it turns into. Listen to him agree before he answers the next or before he asks the next question or gets to the next point.
4: over. Sure. You
3: know, Trey, here's why perhaps the other networks didn't have any coverage of it, and that is this occurred during the Obama...
0: Okay, I was I was mistaken. He agreed right before he gave just this incredible his own opinion. Um, so I think that, like, that wasn't even a question at first. Uh, wow. administration. These were Obama
3: admin- administration officials. And when the President of the United States says he was the target of the biggest political dirty trick in history, is he right?
4: Um, it... it, it
0: you know what? That question was actually refreshingly newsish. Um, just is he right? That's it. Now we'll see how much he agrees afterward um, with um, what could be just a flurry of head shaking and laughing and nodding, like we're all uh, at the same party. Uh, but but that was that was actually pretty straightforward. Good job, dude. Yawn away.
4: It's one of them. Whenever you try, whenever you try to, first of all, stop, you know, remember, Peter Struck promised to stop it. And right. then they had an insurance policy in the unlikely event that he won. I mean, President Trump is right. There has been a cloud cast over his first term as president. And that cloud was manufactured by the Department of Justice and the FBI. So if you want a justice system that we can all have confidence in, and that's why people are setting cities on fire, then how about start with the FBI?
1: Right, we want to talk about
0: your new book. Lots of, lots of head shaking and nodding and all that stuff. Like, yep. How about let's start with the FBI? Look, I don't disagree with a lot of the things that are said here, but the the problem it, that I'm trying to make known here is that they're passing all of this off like it's news that is being brought to you, rather than acknowledging um, all the time. There, I, I don't know. Or the closest might be Chris Wallace, who is in Fox News. The only reason I know his name is because I actually enjoy his interviewing. He's hard on uh, Pelosi. He just interviewed President Trump not long ago, and he was hard on President Trump, uh, even though it says Fox in the corner when he interviews. He's a jerk. Um, and rightfully, so he keeps prying, he keeps asking he's a reporter and stuff it's really cool anyway uh, he's not always great but but most of the time he's pretty spot on and, and a pretty hard interviewer um but I just wanted to point out right to to all to anybody who might be um uh, many of the people who are going to watch this based on my uh uh descriptions and tags and stuff many of the people who are going to watch this are probably republicans and so i just want uh those folks to know i want you to know that the wool is kind of being pulled over all of our eyes it's not just the left right this this um it is it is everybody that fox news is not any better they're just the opposite side so let's just keep that in mind as we watch the news and youtube videos and all this stuff
1: called doesn't hurt to ask using the His power of questions to communicate connect and persuade it is out tomorrow books drop on tuesday why'd you write this and what's it about
4: it's about persuasion angeli i mean i think people want to be heard they want to be understood they want to move others perhaps closer to their way of thinking so it is not a book about what i believe it is a book to empower you on how to communicate effectively what you believe and in particular how to use questions you know i was in a courtroom for two decades I was mediocre in Congress, but I was OK in a courtroom. Um, and if you meet my wife, you'll know I'm pretty persuasive in other facets of life, too. And that's how I got her. It's how to persuade and how to how to move people.
0: So this is a little bit uh, more OK in my mind that they're kind of laughing and jesting and stuff at this, um, even though uh, Mr. Right Next to Trey Gowdy and this awesome frame freeze that looks just a bit like, like he either is battling a migraine or he is in Colorado toking. Um, anyway, but this this is a little bit um, more okay right now uh, because Trey Gowdy he's just talking about a book. They're interviewing him about a book he's doing. Um, and he's kind of making light of some things and making jokes. And so they're laughing. It's not that they're laughing in agreement. With some piece of with some juicy piece of news gossip, right? So it's it's a little bit different. The the mood is different when they're doing this rather than talking about what should be news.
4: Closer to your way of thinking, and in particular, how do you use questions to do that?
2: You know, one thing I there's so much video of you doing this to your advantage in that you ask questions and six months later they become a storyline. You know the answer, but rather than accuse, you have that person basically confess.
0: What he just said is 98% of news. That's how they do it. That's the mindset behind it. They go into it knowing the answers to the questions. They just know how to ask the questions in such a way that it traps whoever. If, if like in, in this instance, if, if it weren't Trey Gowdy but it were someone on the left... Um, they would be asking questions intentionally to try to trap them into saying things that will make them look bad. Um, and CNN does it the same exact way. When they're interviewing someone on the right, they say things on purpose to try and trap them and make them sound racist when they answer or whatever it might be in the moment, right? Like, th- that's how they do things. They try to persuade the audience Um the, the people who are watching, the people who are being entertained by it, not being informed, but entertained by it, um, they, they try to feed into that. And that's how they do it.
4: Um, thank you. Um, that Very gracious of you. But y'all ask questions for a living, too. And, and part of it is to elicit information, but part of it also is to move. I mean, you, you want to persuade. You want...
0: Oh, man. If it's just news, why do we want to persuade? Right. Is that the job of the press to persuade you? No, that's the short answer. The job of the press on either side is to shut up and report the news. Nobody cares about your opinion, except they do, because it's like cable. It's entertainment. If your ratings are good, then uh, things can keep moving. You can keep getting them salaries, things that look, I don't care that they do this. It's, It's whatever. It is what it is. But don't call it news. Call it opinion pieces. Call it uh, opinion news, right? That is, ugh, makes me feel yucky inside.
4: Effectively communicates your point. Yep. Lots of people do it by saying, I think, I believe. I'm trying to teach you how to do it by asking questions.
3: Uh, I I read the book uh, over the weekend. It is terrific. Congratulations. And you talk at the beginning about uh, your, your job as a lawyer and how at peace you were when you were in front of a jury. But give the folks who are watching right now just a taste of what you're talking about, because part one is about what you need to know before you open your mouth. Give the folks at home a little advice.
4: Yeah. I mean, you got to know the facts. You got to know your jury. You got to know your purpose. I am stunned by the number of people who want to persuade and want to communicate, but they don't know with particularity what their purpose is. So... Know both sides of the argument. If you want to be an effective advocate, you have to know what you believe, but also anticipate what the other arguments are going to be. Know the facts, know the jury, know your objective, and know the burden of proof. How heavy of a lift? Are yeah. you trying to get somebody to switch religions or loan you $5? Because that's a different <laughs> level of persuasion. That's right. Both.
1: Got that right. All right. Thank you so much, Trey.
0: Congratulations. Okay. Shut up. All right, so that's, I don't know, I I don't know if that was valuable or not, but um, I just wanted to show, like, I'm not, uh, uh, hopefully not going to come off here when I'm doing this like just another Republican uh, person, Um, because that's not, that's honestly not where I'm at. Um, I, I, even my voting um, has more to do with issues that I am passionate about than it does with um, a party. Uh, so, and the issue that I'm most passionate about, um, is abortion. I think that that is the most important issue. It's the biggest plague. It's the big, it's, it's vastly more, uh, human lives have been taken than the Holocaust, than frankly, than in any thing like the Holocaust in human history. Um, and, and we still celebrate it, and it's still essential, um, gag me. Uh, it's just a travesty. So that, though issues like that are the things that I think about when I'm voting um, more than the character of the people I'm voting for. I do care about that, um, but if someone... Um, I guess the bottom line for me, if someone seems like they're more trustworthy and um, maybe morally a little better, but they're pro-choice, pro-abortion, pro-killing babies, then um, that throws all of their morality out the window for me. Um, if, if you're not willing to fight, for human life don't tell me that you're willing to fight for a specific race or group of people science has proven over the the argument for abortion isn't even about science anymore because the science is sound and it's soundly on the uh side of the people who are pro-life right um, all of the arguments for abortion ha- are not valid anymore the only thing left is I want to do what I want to do stay out of my life and shut up except the only bad thing about that is I want to do what I want to do equals I want to um, kill my baby so I can go to college right and that's that's the vast majority of abortions right there it's inconvenient So, kill it. Um, So, anyway, those I got off on a tangent there, but it's because I'm super passionate about that, and I hate it. I hate abortion, and I believe God hates abortion. Um, Now, with that said, I'm a pastor. I love uh, the the Word of God. I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I love it, and I believe that um, although God hates abortion, I think that... uh, God thinks it's murder as well, right? God is the one creating abortion. The scripture says he's knitting them together in their mother's womb. Um, he, uh, before the foundations of the earth, he had chosen them, you know. So uh, the, the, there's a very clear biblical picture that the human life is human life, right? Um, whether it's uh, embryonic or 12 years old doesn't matter. It's human life, Um but at the very same time, what sometimes we forget is that Jesus Christ came and died for the sins of even the abortion providers. right? If, if they repent and, and turn to Christ, they are just as forgiven as you and me. Um, and so that, that's something like Jesus, uh, his death on the cross uh, so vastly and infinitely outweighs any sin that could be committed. So if, if you're an abortionist, if you're a nurse at one of these clinics if you've had an abortion there is room at the cross for you right like that that is that is the hope but when it comes to voting in politics i am um 90 uh, not 90 100 percent um that's the very first thing that i look at because none of them have awesome character you can dig up things that are horrific about every candidate and probably the candidates that will be next time and the time after that, right? Like, all of them are human. None of them are, uh, just what I've pointed out before, they all just do get kind of by any means necessary, leave whatever uh, person dead in the wake of just getting elected, right? That's how all of it is. So, um, okay, I want to shut up and turn real quick to another article that... um, I haven't looked at intensely, but I wanted to just jump to it uh, because I think that it is a good um, thing to talk about. Uh, it's on the Gospel Coalition website. Our church is losing the battle to form Christians. What does that mean? Well, part of, part of a church is... Um, okay, so by the picture itself... We're going to be talking apparently about the obsession with social media and television, it looks like. Um, anyway, uh, but the, the part of the church's uh, goal is and has always been to develop uh, disciples, right? That's what Jesus did. Uh, he spent three years working with the apostles, with the twelve, uh, uh, with the twelve, um, and he, they did life with him. They did everything with him. They, uh, they watched him as he got away and prayed. They, um, they followed every step of all of his, his miracles and his teaching and all the things that he did, he did right in front of them on purpose to develop them, to disciple them. Right. Um, and so that's where, uh, the church gets it. Um, and, uh, the, in fact, it, it goes far back even from from the time of Jesus when apprenticeship was the thing. That's how you learned. That's what you did. And um, one of the things that makes Jesus um, kind of countercultural in the day is uh, most of the time you would have disciples running up to uh, like get in line behind this. I want that person to be my... Um, uh, Rabbi or teacher, um, Jesus called these guys, he went and picked them out, um, which is pretty cool, anyway. So, that's that's part of what the church does, it disciples, right? So, um, let's let's see what it's talking about here. Uh, among the many ways 2020 has been punishing for pastors, one of the most disheartening is the way COVID 19 has further accelerated the already troubling tendency of Christians being shaped more. By online life and its partisan ideological ecosystem, than by church life and its formational practices. Okay, I don't really disagree with that so far. Um, yeah, it was all, people are obsessed, right? People are obsessed with. Now, I, I might not get a ton of um, views or people who watch this all the way through, but that's just because I suck and I'm new at this. Um, but people. Spend a lot, a lot of time online um, every day. Um, uh, Let's just, you know what, let's look that up real quick. Okay, we'll just do this. How much time do people spend on social media? (laughs) Latest 2020 data nice come on don't slow down for me now internet what does one gigabyte mean to you oh my goodness okay well whatever website slow let's look at something else Um, we don't got time for that Ooh, daily time spent on social media this is this only goes to 2018 that's cray-cray as they say we don't want no 2018 anyway it's a lot It's a lot of time. It's an insane amount of time. Um, Every day spent on social media. Don't believe me? Look at your own phone. Most of those keep track of that nowadays. Um, But it is a battle. People spend so much time online in this online life. This is why we break up via text message. It's why we can't talk to people and stuff. It's why being around people gives us anxiety because, you know, uh, God forbid we should be face-to-face, right? Okay, it was already an uphill battle for pastors before COVID. The digital age and more broadly, our secular age has created, expanded, uh, has greatly expanded the horizon of ideas shaping Christians. The church is increasingly just one voice among many speaking into a Christian's life. A church's worship habits may occupy two hours of a Christian's week. But, okay, that's a problem, first of all. That is true, and that's a problem. That is not good. Okay? When um, Sunday is the only time during the week that you do anything that has anything to do with Christianity or worship, that's not Christianity. It's not. Your entire life is meant to be worship. Everything that you do is worship. How I parent is worship. How I um do my job here is worship. Now I know everyone's going to say well you get paid to be spiritual. That's okay. True uh to some degree, right? But but how how you do your job, how I do my job, the care with the care with which I do my job, the the tenacity with which I do my everything that I do is to the glory of God, right, or to the glory of myself or something else. So um, everything we do is worshiping. So if church, uh, church, I don't, you know, I don't want to go all like um, 1900s pulpit here, but um, but the the church, the church is not a building; it's it's a people, and the people of of God make up the church. The the people of the kingdom of heaven make up the church, and those people are only people of the kingdom of heaven if that's their identity, not just something that they do each week. So, just something to keep in mind. I hate I hate that um, <laughs> a church's worship habits may occupy two hours of a Christian's week. Uh, But podcasts, radio shows, cable news, social media, streaming, entertainment, and other forms of media account for upwards of 90 hours of their week. Oof. Well, maybe there's actually a link right here that we could have gone to. Screen time spikes over COVID-19. Hmm. Okay, well, maybe that'll load here in a minute and we can check it out. How can a few hours of Christian formation, um, and during COVID nineteen, maybe zero hours? So there, there is a, an issue there where um, people who um, are typically at least involved Sunday um, are maybe not now, or um, maybe they're taking it in online, uh, but only part of it, or. Uh, like the, it's it is different. It has changed the dynamic a little bit. Now, one of the positive things with doing the online stuff for us has been when someone is sick, um, they can still take in uh, our time together as a family worshiping. But um, uh, but it you know it goes both ways. Uh, let's see. We should be alarmed at the pressures facing pastors, but not alarmist. Pastors fighting for the hearts and minds of their sheep is nothing new. Jesus warned that wolves would snatch and scatter the sheep. Paul cautioned the Ephesian elders to be alert to fierce wolves who would not spare the flock. Uh, (laughs) So, okay, I'll just read the big quote down here because that's probably uh, one of the main points here. In the internet age, any given sheep is vulnerable to literally millions of wolves whose overt or subtle dangers are only ever a few clicks away. It's impossible for any pastor to be aware of all the wolves. This is true. This is why, um, uh, you know, trusting in the sovereignty of God is a helpful thing and a comforting thing. <laughs> Uh, there there's no amount of work that I can do at the end of the day that is going to uh, totally fix uh, the it's going to totally fix the situation or help someone to the point that we can guarantee they're going to be safe from uh, all the junk that's out there um, and and I don't want to uh, you know I, I bear a larger responsibility as a pastor um, uh, because I Well, look it up. I don't have time to talk about it, but it's true. I bear a larger responsibility as a pastor, but I think, too, that there's there's a responsibility on the sheep, right? Like, there's a responsibility on on you, the Christian, to um, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, to uh, look at Scripture, look at your life. Does it match? No. Well, (laughs) uh, there's a problem that no one can fix but you and God, right? Like, so... Um there there's a, a real sense right now that that we are in need of Christians to be Christians. People who claim the name of Christ need to really um, begin to act like it um, in America. And uh, that not happening is why we're in the boat that we're in. Uh, the Christian Church has been passive on many fronts. For a long, long time, and has let little things creep in here and there. And now babies are being aborted, marriage means nothing. Um, the nuclear family, even though all of the statistical benefits are there, it's garbage. Don't preach to us about that. Um, and even the morality in the churches are failing um in in many areas so this is a big deal um informing people in the church happens when you're with people so even if uh there are members of our church that watch this thing or that see other things online from trusted and good people, the real forming thing happens when we're together. This is why we do community groups. If, if you're not together with other Christians, not only Sunday morning, but in ways that, that you're actually rubbing each other the wrong way a little bit and, and iron sharpening iron, right? If, if that is not happening, then um, you are not being um, discipled in a way that you could be. Because when that goes on, we all read the word. We all uh, encourage one another. We all disciple one another. Sometimes we fight because that's what brothers and sisters do. But there's always reconciliation because Jesus Christ is a reconciling God. So, anyway. They will know you by your fruit. So, um, uh What you do, how you live, how you act this week is going to determine what people think about Jesus Christ and about God if you're public about your faith. And you should be. So think about that this week. Um, We're halfway through the week. Think about it. When you're at work today, when you're doing your thing, um, people are watching, and it's important that um, you're acting like a Christian if you're claiming to be one. So, um, bearded Bible thinker, out.